Hello and welcome back to just another football podcast. Back again. No Ali this week, which is why you hear me in the presenting chair. And I'm joined as ever. Although I say as ever, I think we were just discussing this before we got started, George. Uh, it's been quite a while since yourself and I uh, recorded one of these together, which, uh, well, it's probably made for interesting uh, listening experience for the viewers because we often tend to disagree. But yep. uh, you're back. I'm back. Fogel's here as well. Not to leave him out of the discussion here. Um, how are you boys getting on? Yeah, well, very well. Very well. Watching, yeah, watching the golf today. Um, oh, very good. From that, yeah. Um, very good. I heavily approve of that, George. Yeah, I know. I, know. This, I, I like all this agreement, actually. Yeah, yeah. could you? I, I was I was watching rugby. I saw I saw a little bit of golf. Like I glanced at it. It was on mm. the club as well. Um, but the rugby, the rugby and the Arsenal game were the main two things mm. that I watched today. Rugby's been going rather well, Fogo, from what I gather. Yeah, you know, we're just best uh, best in the world at the moment. Uh, we'll see how that goes. It doesn't it's usually... sort of chest puffing out as he says that, you know. It doesn't usually go too well whenever we're the best going into the uh, going into World Cup, but we'll, we'll see. We're on for the Grand Slam. Uh, St. Patrick's Day next week uh, against England. To I think he might be England. Slam. Based on what I, I got to see of yesterday's game, uh, I think, I think we're, you might we're probably favourites for it. Yeah, just just yeah. slightly, just slightly. Not that I claim to be any sort of rugby expert, I, but uh, I was going to say the good thing about this is I literally I'm so disinterested in rugby that the bragging doesn't get to me. Like I, I couldn't care less. In fact, I, I hope you win because <laughs> that is how little I care. Yeah, yeah, it's. Uh... It's a nice position to be in, not giving a shit, basically. But uh, good for you, Fergal. Glad to hear something is uh, making you happy at the moment. Although, Chelsea have had a good week on the mm. quiet. So, you know, which brings me to my first important question of the day. Did you boys watch Match of the Day last night? I, I did. I did. It was it was bizarre. Mm. Um, did you watch it, George? Yeah, part, part of it. I didn't watch it all. I missed the start of it. Apparently, they didn't play the match of the day theme tune. Really? Um, no, I didn't know I that actually. That well. I didn't think that today. There you go. Um, and um, it was really bizarre. It was almost as if they didn't want it to be considered a match of the day. Mm. It was like it was almost as if it was like because the the little title. I didn't see even. I I'm annoyed. I didn't see the start of it. But the I um the little ty- title the little cuts in between each match just came up Premier League highlights. And, like, I do wonder if, like, if that's, like, kind of what they wanted it to be referred to was it was just the Premier League highlights. It's not necessarily match of the day. But what a mess the BBC have got mm. themselves into. And, yeah. Uh, it's quite impressive what they've done to sort of be able to empower and unite the entire country towards one point of view. It's, uh, yeah, it takes some doing, really. And, and actually, over, you know... I don't think it's controversial to say Gary Lineker is, is, is someone that divides opinion at the best of times. So to have everyone kind of pulling in the same direction in their point of yeah. view over this is uh, it's pretty impressive doing on their part. Yeah, and the fact that, like, I think they've kind of underestimated, like, um, sort of the pundits and sort of forgotten that they're, like, uh, yeah. sports people and, and, like, and, and also they've already got their money made. Yeah. The, yeah. A lot of them aren't re- reliant on the BBC. Mm. I'd imagine even some of them may be taking a pay cut in terms of what they could be getting elsewhere to be on the BBC, but yeah. doing it because it's the BBC and maybe as a, as a net holder, probably better off for being on the BBC. Mm. But um, like the, these guys aren't reliant on it. And uh, especially Gary Lineker, who's like, mm. if he was to leave, he would be snapped up straight away by one of the one of the. Well, big... There's a report that BT won him already. Like, it literally yeah. took less than a day yeah. to say that BT won him to present their coverage from next season. Uh, and and they the, the fact, only ones. Like, and it's interesting that I've been I've been sort of monitor like I've been just like all with all the football content I've been I would watch. It's interesting to see that Mark Chapman, who was I'm pretty sure only BBC in the last couple of years, is now freelance. And he's probably one of the best uh, uh, sports presenters out there. He does the Athletic. He does the BBC. Still match the day too. And now he's doing Sky. Mm. Um, 
uh, which is like a great 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 bit of business for sky to get him in yeah the league cut yeah, i didn't even realize that till sort of like the fourth round he yeah. was like doing the draw yeah. and he does um what else does he do he does um he does five live as well yeah but it's my it's, it's mad like the the sort of camaraderie between like the the pundits and um and then also the presenters that you know aren't weren't professional footballers like they've really all got behind colin mm. murray has um he wasn't doing his his BBC Five Live. I think there's a couple of radio shows. Of them did. There wasn't. There wasn't BBC Five Live, uh, Football Focus. Uh, what's the other one? The um, final score. Final score. Yeah, there was just there was no coverage over the weekend. Um, and which, I, as far as I know, it's going to continue. We're recording this Sunday night. As far as I know, it's continuing on to tonight as well. Yeah, um, yeah. Th- so this weekend, um, which. Yeah, I mean, I, as you said, I think they kind of underestimated the, well, I think the support kind of within the BBC and the guys that work these programmes for Gary, Gary Lineker, I was about to say Gary Neville there, Gary Lineker um, and, you know, match of the day as kind of as it is. Um, yeah, and, yeah. And it, it, it's funny, like there was on the BBC News, there was, there was the quote from earlier today, I can't remember the exact quote, but something to the um, sort of <laughs> way of saying... Um, the BBC News have asked the BBC for an interview today. Yeah, yeah. You know, That's so you, you, you've all this, like, which is very, it's typical BBC internal politics. Like, it's, like, there, there, there was a whole sitcom on the BBC called W1A, which was about the inner workings of how the BBC, it's a really good show, but um, it was, it was, it's, this whole joke was basically just how ridiculous bbc is and how like trying to be impartial about everything and being impartial about itself yeah. as well which yeah. is an incredibly hard thing to do um but they, that was what they done today on bbc news was they tried to get an interview from somebody in the bbc um i i didn't i didn't hear in the end if they were able to get somebody for that interview uh but um <laughs> I'm, I'm sure it was tricky um and yeah they're they're on their they're on a massive threat, and um, they they need they need to do do the right thing. Otherwise, they'll they'll lose a lot of the top pundits that they have. Mm. Um, it was interesting, kind of as the day went on. Obviously, after the Lineker stuff got announced, and then Ian Wright was kind of quite quick to pull out, and then Alan Shearer, and it kind of became a case of like the more that pull out, anyone that then takes this gig on, like they become kind of vilified, kind of in yeah. the in the public forum. Like yeah. there was. It just became more and more difficult for anyone to go right. I'll take it. I'll present match of the day and kind of I, take everything. Danny Murphy there. was getting on Twitter just for saying nothing. No, yeah, 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 yeah. exactly. Yeah, Even, and then Jermaine yeah, Genius was getting Jermaine it for a bit, and then Jermaine Genius sort of probably looked at his Twitter he, he, and was yeah. like, "Oh no, I need to come out and say something." He was on air presenting. I don't know what it was, but it's sort of <laughs> it's the running joke, isn't it? He must have like the best agent in football because he gets all these presenting yeah, gigs. Yeah. I think he was doing the World Cup draw yeah, last the World year, Cup draw was just, mad. Yeah. Yeah, and you're sort of thinking like he'll definitely like be be glad the opportunity because you sort of you know think he's vying for that role long term. But uh, he felt the need to quickly kind of come out and shoot it down. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah just they, they really have dropped an absolute clangor. And it's interesting, kind of what you guys are saying there. Uh, I thought you know it's good to be able to watch football with good replays and a show that actually has all the goals in mm. because. You know, that's kind of what I was being led to believe by some politicians on Twitter that kind of, had, you know, obviously tuned in for the first time, probably. And, uh, well, they were blown away by the experience. They clearly underestimate what the show is usually. Yeah, um, the, the, the tweets that were like, that were like showing all the goals as if, as if like they just cut out. Well, like, you usually uh, need to couple out, you know, and you got to you sort of piece in the gaps and, you know, put it all together yourself. It's a guessing game at the, at the I, best I, of times. And, um, what do you, I can't, I can't even remember the name of the, TV channel, but they deserve the, uh, it's deserved that I've forgotten the name. Is it GB News? Is it? Uh, uh, yeah. Have you seen the sketch they match the oh game, which was horrific, and ended up with them just being <laughs> homophobic on it. Yeah, it, it was, it was unbelievable. Just like, yeah, it, it, it's like in, in in trying to take the piss out of match of the day and like sort of show how easy it is. They've they've made us look good, yeah. you know. Like, well, guys, we're doing a good job here. Like, in comparison they're, they're, to they're, that. they're getting paid to do that, and that's that's the best they could do. 
we do this we, we we do this like quite easily and and although we're not actually live a lot of the time we're doing we're doing like a one take one, one here take. guys to, to yeah. let to, to let yeah, you in behind the curtain there's not there's not much editing that goes into our show and it was definitely better than that Listen, we're not dropping might, any homophobic clangers that's for sure people might be surprised to hear there's not massive production that goes in not yet guys we're not <laughs> quite there yet with this podcast you know maybe one day um yeah, I did see Matt Letizia was on there though, GB News. I think he would have yeah. jumped at the opportunity to uh, sort of reignite his uh, presenting career in football punditry. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I don't think he'll be expecting a call anytime soon, certainly. But um, yeah, just quite quite surreal, really. Um, it, it, was, it was funny seeing people that were bringing up Matt Letizia. It was funny seeing like some of the right wing politicians being like, and, and I think maybe Matt Letizia himself was, was saying like, you know, trying to draw a comparison between why he was... Yeah, he conflicted it with him, Phil Thompson, and Charlie Nicholas yeah. being let go by Sky Sports. And this is after he came out and tweeted a load of like anti-vax stuff. Um, and it, I mean, it was pretty clear why what was done on Sky Sports was done. Whether you agree with it or not, to kind of compare it to what's happened here is... Uh, well, it's slightly missing the point, but I also, I'm particularly surprised. Yeah, although, although Sky did probably let him go because of his politics he was an awful pundit as well like he is which you know terrible. i mean it, it, it felt like more of a it, it was felt similar to the um to mark lawrence and being like over the bbc yeah like, you know it was it, it, it was, was, it was like you just had a good run at it yeah. it's probably time for a style Still, change yeah. and that more, was, more, was not even like what they're talking about or like but it was like we need a bit a few fresh ideas in here yeah. that's yeah. what it felt like more more than anything else like but uh, and whereas yeah, it, which is but you know, um, he he he'll say something else and he'll probably say it was a big conspiracy and, and all the rest of it. So yeah, well he did say you know Ian Wright, if you're watching, I I doubt he was Matt to be yeah. quite honest with you. Um, <laughs> I, I doubt he was. But uh, moving on from that, um, should we talk about some actual football that went on this weekend? Um. I think we've got to address the relegation battle. Not simply because we barely talk about the teams at the bottom, not to kind of, you know, be snobbish or anything like that, but uh, we're sort of looking at the top end of the table usually. Um, This relegation battle is absolutely crazy. I mean, we're now in a situation where there's legitimately, I think, nine teams you can make a case for being in this relegation battle, from Southampton in 20th all the way up to Crystal Palace, who are the only team in the Premier League not to win a game in 2023. Yeah. Some are still 12th. I mean, I'm I'm amazed every yeah. time I check the table. Like, they're still 12th, and I'm not quite sure how. I don't really remember, and as I said, they haven't won a game in 23. I, I don't remember them winning many games, period, if I'm quite honest with you. It's mental seeing where Bournemouth is and Crystal Palace is. I feel like they're, like, in my head, Bournemouth, although they're bad, it feels like maybe it's because the wins they've gotten are quite... Like... They've got as many wins as Palace. They've got six wins. Palace have got yeah. six. And there's a lot of teams with six wins, funny enough, which yeah. like might not be surprising since they're all kind of within five points of one another. So there's five points separating 20th in the table and 12th in the table. Um, and it was funny because obviously Bournemouth played first, got the result against Liverpool, which mm. we'll come on to in a second. They went from 20th temporarily up to 16th before kind of all the other teams have played a game. They're now 18th. They kind of, you know, found somewhere in the middle of where they'd started today, where they'd gone up to. Um, it really is a case down there. Like, if you put two or three wins together, you rise, you know, five, six places in the table. Yeah. And I, I really think that like, when you look at these teams, the, the games they've got kind of coming up against one another, because I was looking at Palace's fixtures, for example, they've had some quite tricky games in 2023. Mm. But they then end up playing a lot of these teams in and around them. And you're sort of looking at it and thinking, well, is that a good thing? Because, um, you know, on one hand, they're easier games, so you've got more chance of winning them. But on the other hand, if you lose, you're losing to your rivals who, let's let's face it, the only reason Palace aren't lower in the table is because their rivals haven't been picking up points either. Yeah. Yeah. So if you're losing to them, that's kind of a you know direct competitor who then gain the points on you. It's crazy. It is absolutely... I mean, when you guys look at that relegation battle... Is it easy to pick three teams you think will definitely go down? Because I think, honestly, you could make a case for any of them. Yeah. Uh, um, the, the, there's so many. I, 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 there were some of them I feel like... I, I think there's some that I, I feel very confident they're going to stay up. Um, 
I've, I, it's three teams. So Wolves, Everton, and Leicester. I think mm-hmm. those three, I'm very confident will stay up. But Palace and Forest and West Ham, they're the teams that are currently outside of the, the relegation zone. I feel like they could be drawn in, especially Palace. They they can't just seem to not be able to buy a win at the moment. No. No. What about you, George? Yeah, it's oh god, it's really tough. And it you know, we go back to like the predictions earlier on in like you know, the first week predictions. I know you're gonna say then, George. Um, <laughs> but you know, obviously I think I put the three promoted teams in the relegation and I said it was pretty much surefire Bournemouth for bottom. Um yeah. Uh, no, but Nottingham Forest bottom. Bournemouth, Fulham. Uh, yeah, you, uh, you didn't rate Forest. I still think both Bournemouth and Forest will go down, but it's not. It's not surefire. It's not guaranteed. Um, I've seen recent reports that said um, David Moyes will keep his job when, if he gets relegated, which is mental, absolutely crazy. mental, like, absolutely crazy. Just, just off it. Um, but yeah, any any club could go down. I'm not too convinced that Leicester will stay up. Um, to, to it's interesting, Felger. You mentioned them as one you think will definitely yeah. stay up. I mean, I've watched a decent bit of Leicester because obviously they've played some of the better teams in the league recently. So you end up watching yeah. those games. I watched them against Chelsea on Saturday. Yeah. Watched them when we played them a couple of weeks ago. Like, I, I struggle to find anything positive in their performances recently. They've been, I think, they've been atrocious, and they look like a team that's really short of confidence doesn't know how to score goals. I think the only thing that kind of is, for me, redeeming about them is they've probably got the best player in James Madison that plays for any of those teams kind of in that relegation battle. Yeah. Um, might be enough, if you're looking at that end of the table, to have someone that produces moments and bits of quality. They do have him and maybe a couple of other players that kind of, you know, do it here and there that could perhaps do enough for them. But, you know, they're on the slide. Because I would have said sort of pre-World Cup they'd had a decent little run and because they obviously had such a bad start to the season they were rock bottom after six or seven games then they went on a good little run and kind of found themselves you know mid to upper half of the uh lower half of the table um but now they're right back in it I mean they're 16th in the league and their form recently they had a couple I, I of games, but the thought, last three losses I thought against Chelsea, I thought they were actually a bit unlucky. I, I, I find it hard to... We'll come on to Chelsea later, but I find it hard to gauge like how Chelsea done at, uh, at the weekend because the, the Leicester missed two like, great opportunities. And some good chances. Of, and they can attack. It's worth saying. Yeah. Um, and then you look at their team and, and I just look at it and go, that is fairly solid and, and they're bringing off Harvey Barnes off the bench. And, yeah. I, I, and these players maybe aren't having a good season, but mm. if they can find form, that you know that there is loads there's there goals. in terms of avoiding relegation. I think with Leicester, there's goals in their team. You look at their record this season; they've scored 37 goals, which is the same as Newcastle, who are fifth. It's more than more than half the teams in the league. Yeah. So it's not scoring goals necessarily. It's been the fact that they're very poor defensively. Not just in terms of the goals they've conceded statistically. They've been one of the worst teams defensively in terms of expected goals against. I think their goal is probably the worst in the league. I think their centre-back pairing, although Suit has been decent so far, yeah. look comfortable together from what I've seen so far. Um, and then what happens, and I saw this when we played them a few weeks ago, is because they can't defend, they end up kind of going into their shell a bit. They don't attack. They sit very deep. They don't create anything as a result of that. And you don't end up playing to your strengths. So, I think I think they'll be all right. But I think they're struggling. When I look at it at the moment, I think Southampton and Bournemouth are going to struggle. Although Bournemouth had a great win at the weekend, we should acknowledge that. Yeah. Um, particularly after what happened, obviously at the end of last week, so they've had two good performances in a row against two you know nominally good teams. Um, but again, defensively, they've conceded the most goals in the league. Um, I don't back them to do what they did at the weekend on a consistent basis, to keep clean sheets, to stop other teams scoring against them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think Southampton have left themselves a little bit too much to do. I think Southampton yeah, yeah. will be disappointed they didn't win that game today. Yeah. Playing against Ten- I think Southampton, I don't know if you guys saw any of the game today against Man United, they were playing well until Man United went down to 10 men. I actually think their performance got worse after that, albeit they had chances. I think their actual performance, it was kind of like they felt the pressure of needing to get something kind of more from yeah. that 
because you know what an opportunity you've been presented with. Right, we get 60 minutes playing against 10 men, whereas kind of before that it was, you know, a bit not a free hit because they need results, but like yeah. you don't expect to get anything, particularly with Man United coming off the result last weekend. I think they'll be a bit disappointed. Didn't the great um, Nathan Jones say against Wolves, you know, the worst thing that could happen to them is <laughs> it's that red card. That. It's, it's struck them again, that, that, that <laughs> awful 10 men. It's, it's, yeah. it's hard and to Nathan beat Jones was one up in that game when that happened, though. So maybe slightly different in this case. But, you know, maybe he was ahead of the curve when it comes to that one. Um, I've just brought up the, um, the Twitter account, the other 14 and their baseline tracker. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Um, which I can't. Do you, do you remember how to succinctly explain what the other fourteen Twitter account is? Well, it's looking at the games between those fourteen teams. In essence, I don't know exactly yeah. what statistics they go into, but it doesn't That'll involve. Do. Yeah, I couldn't. It doesn't quite involve remember. the top All I knew six. Was, it's quite good for tracking who's likely to go down. Yeah, yeah, because you're looking at games between those teams, and that, in essence, is what we're looking at here. Like probably more less the other fourteen and kind of more the other nine because you're looking yeah. at those nine teams and what they do kind of against one another essentially yeah. i mean included in this is, is newcastle it is newcastle and then brentford and, uh, and um brighton are the top three the the bottom the bottom uh i'll go from the, the bottom up so bottom is west ham yeah really? wow uh, second bottom is southampton third is everton uh, and then Leeds, Bournemouth, Nottingham Forest, and Leicester. The 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 thing with Southampton and Everton um, is they have had that manager bounce, and they've got you know you know or at least you know mm-hmm. um, yeah yeah the, certainly the manager bounce. I mean Dyche is clearly adept at, at you know keeping that side up. So it'd be interesting to see sort of since those sackings what the upturn has been i imagine yeah. it's completely flipped where everton and southampton are probably sort of way up there in terms of form anyway um but yeah that's so, yeah so interesting um and yeah i, I think it's just going to be a fantastic like relegation battle i think it's going to be one of the best that, that we've yeah. seen you wouldn't want to support one of those teams because no, it's so no. volatile. Like you literally could go from like 13th or 14th to 19th within one weekend, mm. quite conceivably at this point in time, yeah. which is crazy to think. Like, as I said, a couple of weekends ago, you think Leicester are out of it. Palace are 12 at the moment, yet we're talking about them being real contenders given their form and given the fact that they're only three points clear of 18th and don't look like they can buy a win for love nor money at this point in time. I mean, I can't remember the last season where you'd look at the team 12th in the table after 26 games and go, they are genuinely, you know, odds on at this point in time to probably go down. I mean, that's probably a slight exaggeration, but like given their form and the way they're playing, I don't think they're a surefire thing to stay up, which is absolutely crazy to say, really, this far into the season. Um, It's going to be fascinating. Everton are an interesting one because Everton got a very good win this weekend. They were one of only two teams in the bottom half to win, along uh, along with obviously Bournemouth. I think Everton are the most... If they score first, I back them to hold out and get a win. They've done it three times. They obviously did it against Arsenal. They beat Brentford, who hadn't lost in, I think, 14 games or something like that. Um, And Leeds. They've had three 1-0 wins at home. And that's the sort of win I can see them getting. But if they concede first, you never feel like they'll get back in it. Like, they are... It, it's the, the range of outcomes really is that if they score first, I think they'll win. And if they concede first, I think they'll lose, which might be enough. Because I think at home, they're, like if they score the first goal, they're quite difficult to come back against. But they score in the first minute every every week, they'll, they'll be all right. Yeah, they'll be absolutely <laughs> fine. You'll be, they'll have no problem. I mean, uh, listen, it didn't work for Bournemouth, mind you. But uh, scoring early can help. And uh, it certainly helped them this weekend. They, uh, I think they'll do enough. Because I think at home they're good. But the other one, as I said, I think Southampton are struggling. I think Bournemouth are struggling. The other one, genuinely, it's a complete lottery. We haven't really spoken about Leeds. I think Leeds are struggling. I don't think Leeds have really seen an upturn in their performances under Javi Gracia so far. I know they won the first game. It completely passed me by that he was hired. Completely passed me That's not a good thing necessarily to say, is it? Because you kind of want it to stand out a little bit short term. You think, okay, they've appointed this guy. Uh, Maybe Nathan Jones stand out, 
but you know it, this guy's coming and you've seen a clear upturn in performances and, and the other thing about Javi Gracia is with with his name it's it's almost so like stereotypically Spanish that it almost feels like a an assistant manager you know like <laughs> I, 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 you know, if it, it feels like he just could have been in the backroom staff, yeah. you know, like it seems like one of these names that is just like, like if you had, if you had swapped Javi Gracia for the 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 Southampton manager, I, I, I honestly would have been like, is this? But yeah. it's only because you're like, oh, the Watford guy, right? Sure, yeah, no, he is, he is actually a, a proper manager. But I honestly, it, it, I could have easily been mistaken for for it just being an assistant manager. Um, it's not a good thing. I mean, no, when it's, it's not a good thing. And I mean, in fairness to Leeds, that wasn't a bad result for them. Brighton are a good team, but I, draws aren't great. Like a lot of these teams are drawing a lot of games, and it's sort of like you'd rather win lose, kind of be that binary. Because if you get yourself ten wins over thirty eight games, you, you you you're looking better than winning a few and drawing loads. And it kind of feels like a lot of these teams they're they're not really going anywhere with draws. It kind of keeps you in it, whereas you can push yourself a few places up the table with a win. So, tough tough times for Leeds. Um, I wouldn't mind seeing them stay up, to be honest. I know you guys as Chelsea fans probably feel differently. But, well, uh... my, my dad's a Leeds fan, so I have a soft spot for them, even though I really shouldn't. I did enjoy beating them the other week because they beat us the... One of only five wins they've had this season. The least in the Premier League. Uh, yeah. One win since bomb fight night, which is... Pretty crazy to be honest that they're not yeah. dead and the buried. Thing, the thing with Leeds is like they, I, I feel like they, I feel like they do struggle. To, although they've got two this weekend, I feel like they do struggle to score. Um, like I know that um, they've been crying out for like a, a striker to come in for a long time, and instead they've got like West and McKenney and and uh, some of the other players that they, they weren't quite sure on, um, hmm. but. So it it just doesn't feel like it's it, the squads come together and then no, no I think I think they've got I think they've got one of the worst squads in the league Leeds and I I also hate them so um, I cannot wait to so, see them there's there's very few players in, in that team that are like properly convincing no. they're like solid there's very few players you can go solid good player he he'll 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 do this for you. The, the, there's there's very few on that side, um, and um, like yeah, I, I I do worry for them especially. Um, Southampton, I was coming on to Southampton. Yeah. Southampton, like they've gone so youth heavy that I I feel like the championship might suit them mm. quite nicely. You can see them coming back up. Yeah. Like you I, look at some of these. I don't teams think they you... lose a lot. A lot yeah. of players go no. dropping down. Maybe Ward Price might move on, but the majority of those players are are young, going to be happy to get the minutes, and and also haven't stood out too much that they they would you know be able to demand a move. Um, apart from a Bazuni, um, <laughs> <laughs> but no, he, he he hasn't had the best of seasons, but he had a good good game. Um, he did today, yeah, good game some, today. Some really good saves. But as we were talking before, the, the what is it? He's had a post shot expected goals minus fourteen, worse than the 14. league. It's it, it is poor. There's no doubt about it. But he he is also probably he's the youngest goalkeeper in the Premier League as well. Um, back to back clean sheets as well. Yeah, maybe it's yeah. on the. They are playing better, Southampton. Okay. Like it's just whether it's too little, too late. Yeah. Um, but you know they beat we'll Chelsea see. and got a draw away to Man United. I mean, they're good the, results. I, the thing about, about them is that I like once the, these they've got it's just because they've got such a young side and and the majority of these players once they have like you know another fifty appearances under their belts, they're, they're probably going to be a really good side to uh, in the future or and they're, they're going to be picked apart. Um, like Lavi is already was you know Chelsea went in for him. Yeah. As soon as they got him, he's he he's he does look really good. Um, Bazunu, as as I've talked about before, he's going to be class. And and then you've got Bella Kacha, um, and the, there's other players I can't even think of right now. But the, the, that the, they're they will be fine. And I don't think going down to the championship, although it is risk, it is a risk, especially with how competitive the championship is and how much money is put into clubs, but. 
out of all of them, I could see it actually suiting them. And, I could like, deal with it a lot better than some. Giving yeah. these youngsters a, a chance to really express themselves in a championship and like play attacking football, because at the moment, although they try and play attacking football, then they are quite progressive. They have to be more pragmatic because they're one of the you know worst teams in the in the Premier League. But if you go down the championship, you, you'll be able to. These players will be able to express themselves more. Um, yeah. And probably play t- teams at their level, and then as a result, improve. So, Ant fans probably won't like me for saying that at all. But that's, I, I think I think they'd be fine. And if you're thinking long term, I don't think it's awful. Right. So before we move on, because we spent a decent chunk on this, mm. three teams from both of you. Who's going down? Do we have to put them in order as well, or? Not necessarily, and if you want to, um, I'd like to put Nottingham Forest bottom. Um, <laughs> then I'm also going to put Leeds. Oh, you didn't put Leeds bottom. No, Le- Leeds are in there. Leeds are Leeds are second bot- bottom. Um, and then I just run on his face. I, <laughs> I just don't think Bournemouth have enough, so I'm gonna. Despite, I quite like Interesting. Southampton making it. I think making I think it out. Southampton make it. I think the upturn. I think they've got. Wow. I uh, I can see. Do you know what? I think Jay Adams is a, the kind of player to score a goal on the final game of the season to keep them up and do an awesome celebration. Did you hear hear our our um, comments on um, uh, Reese Nelson's celebration last week? Harry, I didn't. I didn't. Harry, I sent a photo. I, I right. didn't get to listen. To, like he was the coolest man in the house. Though, that's all I will say. Well, we we, we tore him to shreds for one of well, the worst listen, celebrations in, in history <laughs> for one of the best moments. I can uh, forgive him. I can forgive him I'm for that. Sure He's about the only one he didn't lose his head. To be quite honest with you, yeah. but uh... um, but I can see Shay Adams being the opposite, scoring an absolute screamer final day of the season, keeping them up, going mental, flying into the crowd, probably probably assaulting someone. Um, yeah, yeah, by accident, by accident, yeah, no, yeah, so, so Forest, Leeds, and Bournemouth for me. Mm hmm. Fogel, um, I'm I I don't think Southampton have enough, so I think they're gonna go down. Um, I think Leeds will go down. Um, and then I'm stuck between Forest and Crystal Palace, um, uh, and even West Ham. It's 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 going with West Ham. It's going back to that toxic, um, place which we all love. Yeah, it's pretty. You know, that you know that you know the that is the West Ham way. Am I? Am I? It's, it's fantastic. Uh, when I think of West Ham, you think of those like I think it was the. It was when they it was their first season in the new ground and they yeah, went out the yeah. Europa League to some random team I've never heard of and it's the guy going absolutely mental outside the ground about I think it was Astra Gogo, they went out the Champions League too. Anyway, running on fan camps. It's like sort of a watered down version of Arsenal I, Fan TV. I, 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 I was good. To say, if only there was like a more high profile equivalent of yeah. of of Arsenal fan TV. If 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 West Ham had a version of it that was just a, as good as that it would be incredible viewing um yeah didn't they have like a massive pitch invasion and confront players yeah they, they had and... they had people climbing up to like the oh, posh seat that yeah. they had like someone took the corner flag as well i think yeah someone took the corner corner flag and done like a sunes and planted it in the middle of that it. was it I yeah mean... I think it was yeah. against Burnley. To be fair, I think they lost against Burnley. Which, to to be fair, you would you would be at yeah. the point of ah. Uh, listen, losing to Burnley yeah, would drive not... anyone to that. <laughs> I can forgive it. Um... With West Ham, because I, I spoilers, I've got them in my bottom three simply for the reason that I think the Conference League is a really interesting thing to throw mm. into this whole discussion yeah. because it could have one or two effects. It could be like a shot in the arm for them where they start winning games and it kind of breeds confidence. Yeah. But on the other hand, like it's an added distraction. And actually, I think looking at it, it's a competition. I was looking at the teams earlier. Like They could go pretty far in it with a good draw, as bad as they've been in the league. So it might not be the best thing for them. It's just kind of an added thing to consider. Mm. I think they're struggling. I think Declan Rice has kind of already one foot out the door, and I don't think he's been 
I think he's been a disgrace at points this season, to be quite honest with you. I've always said that. I, but I, I think I, he gave an interview last week, after, I think, when they got absolutely battered by Brighton. Yeah, well, funny. Uh, but, like, he, he, gave, <laughs> but he gave an interview after the game. It took me a moment to sort of, like, talk <laughs> into that. Um, but he gave an interview after the game, and he was sort of, it was along the lines of, like, people criticising him. Well, like, they would be playing the game if they knew what they were talking about. And it sort of wasn't what he was being asked. Like, it was essentially yeah. that the interviewer was asking him about pundits talking about so people have played the game essentially and he kind of misconstrued that in terms of they should they would still be playing if they knew what they were talking about and i just thought yeah. it's not the best thing to be doing getting defensive about questions like that no. like just wear it and move on you're the club captain you've not played well you've been you've not played well all season and you just you just have to take questions like that and when you start getting stroppy and getting petulant and people know you're leaving in the summer it's not a good look so I don't think he's doing a particularly good job of captaining them at this moment in time. And I think they're really struggling. Like, you think they've kind of made progress. They beat Forest 4-0. They go and lose 4-0 the following week to Brighton, who, albeit, are a decent side. But it's not an acceptable result. West Ham, to me, are just, like, such, like, a Brexit club. Like, they just don't work with with with, with fancy foreigners. You can you can bring in all these foreign yeah. players. They just they not the West Ham way. They, um, they, they, they they just don't work. You know, they, like they, they'll go and be incredible. Like they'll be like Haller. You know, they'll, they'll go elsewhere and they will be incredible. But they just do not work because they're not Brexit. You know, even I, though the, um, that Paqueta is technically Brexit because you know that's the type of unique deal that they were looking for from from to yeah. get in from Brazil. Yeah. But it, it's not. He's too, he's too foreign. It's not going to work. Um, and, yeah, and, uh, Fogel, yeah, sorry. So, your relegation teams. All right, I think West Ham will just about stay up. I have a feeling they'll sack Moyes, and the wow. the the manager bounce will be what keeps them up. Um, and um, but yeah, I'm gonna go Leeds, Southampton. I think I think Palace would sack. Vieira before it gets too bad as yeah. well. There's already like murmurings of it. Then this is before they lost obviously to Man City at the weekend. There was a report that he's under threat, and that usually doesn't end well when those so, reports start coming out. So for the reason of that, you know, he's already been tested, and they actually gave him a new contract. Well, they might be giving him a new contract again. I think Nottingham Forest will will, will go down, and again. He he exceeded above all expectations. Yeah. Um, this season's been a proper mess for them, and they've you know they've it's like QPR all over again. They've even got in the world class goalkeeper that everybody's going. How on earth have you got him? So, uh, a la Julio Cesar. Yeah. Um, so, I I yeah I th- I think that they'll go down, but I wouldn't rule. I can't rule West Ham or, or Crystal Palace out. I think they're... I think you can rule anyone out. The only one I don't think will go down is Wolves. I think Wolves will be okay. Yeah. I think of all of them, they probably should have got something out of the game today. I think they definitely should have had a penalty. Yeah. Um, and I think they'll be fine, even though they don't score many goals. But them aside... Like, honestly, anyone's guess. I Not to duck the question, I think Southampton-Bournemouth... West Ham is what I'm saying. Even though I said Forest a few weeks ago, I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt for now. But don't want to be boring and all have them down there. Moving on, so we'll, we'll venture up the table a little bit. I do want to save a little bit of time for Chelsea, but obviously Liverpool lost to Bournemouth. Ramifications of that is sort of one step forwards last week, two steps back again. Where does this leave, do you think, the top four race, given that Newcastle won today? Spurs eked out a victory, even though I think most people would say it's pretty toxic there at the moment, and uh, well, we love to see it. Um, if if we're sort of looking at it as those three teams, Tottenham, Newcastle, Liverpool, I mean, I don't know if you want to dabble with the idea of Chelsea playing themselves into it, maybe Brighton, you know? I'll, gi- I'll give it another few weeks, yeah, but you, uh, you know what? after this weekend, I was there looking at, like, it's it's, ele- it's 11 yeah. points. You start You've actually got a game on in hand. You know, and, and they lose that, and you start looking, you know, right. getting a bit... But it's it's the other teams that, like, 
it's it's like Newcastle, but then Newcastle they were doing bad before this. Yeah, I'm looking at it and I'm like, I'm like the the teams that you expect to be there, they're they're not as consistent. Mm-hmm. But then Liverpool, although they lost, I still expect them to like carry on their good form past past this. Like, um, which isn't convinced, but but um. It, it 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 Chelsea. If Chelsea's players played up to their actual ability and things clicked, which is a massive if, yeah, that, huge if, that it, it is possible. But, I uh, yeah, no, I'm not. I'm not saying that at the moment. I'm um, it's still it's still a long way off. Are we saying yeah, it's we'll, between? We'll focus that. on the Champions League and, and win that, and that's how we'll qualify. <laughs> yeah. You know. it, so if we're saying it's between Spurs, Newcastle, Liverpool, and forget Brighton for a minute, albeit they're doing very well, but you know, I don't know don't... if you can. You know, I I think Brighton. Whenever you've got a striker as good as Evan Ferguson up top for you, I think anything is possible. Um, yeah, but they drop points to Leeds. We just spent the last you know half an hour talking about how bad they are. I mean, you know, any any t- any other to any of those other teams, Tottenham, Newcastle, Liverpool, they'd be pretty. Disappointed with a tall draw to Leeds. So yeah, to get a definite standard. Leeds got lucky. That goal, that Patrick Bamford goal, was ridiculously yeah. lucky. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. Um. But it, like, okay, if we have to kind of rank it up percentage-wise, right? What are we saying? Tottenham, Newcastle, Liverpool. What percentage would you give each team? I think you throw United in there as well. Like, I'm not convinced. You know, Do you think United nailed good. on? No, absolutely not. Because the thing is, you make a good point, right, George? A couple of weeks ago, they were eight points behind Arsenal and they were in the title race. Yeah. They're six points ahead of Newcastle and they've played a game more. So Newcastle win that, it's three points. I'm just looking at it. They're only two points they're ahead of Newcastle. They're in the Europa League as well. I, I, so this, you know, I, look, they've played don't... a lot of games this yeah. season, Man United. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Don't get me wrong, I still think they get it. But they're definitely not home and dry. And, and uh, you know... A team that loses seven nil to, for me, a really underwhelming Liverpool. Actually, Liverpool. Yeah, exactly. I think you you've got to be asking questions on the back of that. Um, and, and Tottenham don't look good. That's why that obviously we'd, we'll move away from Chelsea. But that's why you feel hopeful because they're all rubbish. They're all really bad. Like Newcastle. Like Newcastle aren't that good. Like I love Newcastle. They they're really pragmatic, but they're not that good they're not top four good it's they're in the position they're in simply because Tottenham Man United and Liverpool haven't been performing the way they should have been performing all season um and Chelsea and Chelsea yeah Yeah. we'll ignore that (laughs) Uh, which come to it Fergal be patient I did predict in terms of not Chelsea not performing but in terms of the gap closing I think I said it wouldn't go above 80 points it's probably going to go above 80 points for Arsenal and City but Beyond that, it's going to be like it's it's pretty. I think it's going to be mid sixties. I think I think you could see the lowest uh, fourth. I, it's funny. I've sort of gone the other way because earlier this season I thought it'd be quite a high points tally. I I think it could be the lowest points tally for a team that gets fourth in yeah. Premier League history. Yeah. When you look at it, where where are all the points going? Because yeah, where, where, yeah, yeah. Who, who's taking the these points? Half is, is going to break forty points. Who's got all the points? Yeah. Where, where have they gone? Yeah, it'll go to those you know pesky teams in the middle of the table it, that no one cares about. Is it Aston the Villa table teams that are like yeah, that have, have brought, up, brought up the Aston average? Villa are going to win every game for the rest of the season. Well, maybe not that good because then they're, actually they might be half a decent team. But yeah, those those mediocre. Not worth mentioning teams that never get any airtime on this podcast. They'll they'll get a few wins and yeah. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I mean, I look at it and I, I cannot believe Spurs are fourth. Yeah. They've been yeah. appalling this yeah. season. I think even the most ardent Spurs fan will tell you that just the general mood. You've basically got a manager who doesn't want to be there. He's almost begging to be sacked after the game the other night. A club that doesn't want the manager there beyond this season. I don't even know why they're persisting with it because they all know he's going to be gone. You've got their best player that wants out. And has wanted out for the last couple of years, and their football is shit. Let, let, let's call it for what it is. It's appalling. It's not even effective. It's rubbish. I can't believe I've been this like generous on them all season. They are absolutely awful. They went out of the Champions League. It's one of the worst Milan teams I've ever seen. I bet you want to play Milan in the next round. 
Oh, I bet you do. As a, as a Chelsea fan, you'd be looking at thinking, well, we got, we, we Milan, really you slap before. them in the group stage. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and they went out over two legs against them, didn't score a goal. And they're fourth in the league. I, I, I would have I, preferred Spurs in the next round, but Milan well, would be lovely. I mean, this yeah. is, the, you know, it, this, yeah, I just, I really struggle with it. And they might get fourth and we might not win the league. And at the end of the season, they'll be telling us, you know, the results the same. We're both in the Champions League. That's something that's kind of bothering me in the back of my mind. I, yeah. hope, I was quite glad yeah. to see Newcastle win today because I just don't want Spurs in the Champions League. I don't think their campaign warrants it. Um... But I, I, I would say at this point in time they're favourites just because they got the points on the board and on paper, having looked at it, Liverpool, Liverpool's next three games are uh, Man City away, Chelsea away, Arsenal at home. Mm. Which you know, if you don't win any of those, well, you know you've you've played twenty nine, you're six points behind, you're, you're struggling. I think well, at that point to make top four. You're asking for a percentage of uh, of who... Make it down like. to me. Do some mathematics. I've done some mathematics. I googled 538. And they have these percentages for qualifying for the for the top four or for Champions League. So, Man United, 74%. Mm-hmm. It's quite high. Which that. is really I high considering, considering the drop-off for, of, of four percentages. Tottenham is next on 33. Yeah. So it shows yeah. you like they're, they're only two points ahead of Tottenham. They may have a game, game in hand. hand yeah. Game in hand. That's probably making the difference there. I think it's also the fact that you wouldn't expect Man United to maybe go below two teams because they're third, whereas Spurs are fourth. So it only takes one team getting above them. But I agree. I think 74 is too high but after that today. They've got a good team. Like they've probably just got see when the, the best squad. They played well, but like, I look at Man United and. They've played a lot of games this season, and I don't think he rotates his squad very much. Game. No, well that's it. They're starting eleven is good. Then you're looking at your bench, and you got you bringing on Scott, uh, Scott McTominay, and he's like, well, you, you have quite a good game to that actually, from what I saw. He was sort of, he was quite like effective. Scott. Anytime I see Scott, I go, he's just, a, he's like a bit he, like Ruben Loftus Cheek. He's just solid. Yeah. So basically, uh, they have Spurs fourth, right? In in that model, marginally. Yeah. Yeah. So Spurs. On in fourth and thirty three, Newcastle also won thirty three. Yeah, joint joint fourth. I think mean, that's fair. And Liverpool are on thirty percent. So there's basically three clubs that they're saying you know yeah they've, they've a, a third of a chance of of getting through. So oh, they're basically saying between those three clubs that will uh, one of them will get top four, which is probably what everyone else is saying. Mm. Brighton they've given twenty five percent chance. So that's actually that's actually mm. pretty good. And then you've got Brentford on two percent, and Chelsea on one percent. Cool, right? Is, they're well, saying you know, Brentford. Brentford are twice I'll as likely to get uh, to get Champions League. One hundred. All I'm saying. All I'm I'll saying is you, you're saying there's a chance. There's you're, a saying, chance. you're giving us one percent. You know what, Felga? That's excellently and professionally done from you to sort of segue that into this Chelsea segment here. Um, so quite a bit's happened, obviously, since last week's episode where. Chelsea had, uh, well, eked out a 1-0 win against Leeds, which obviously was necessary for Graham Potter to probably keep his job. Um, although he might have got the Dortmund game as well, but he definitely needed a win there. And he's responded by winning the next two games. Uh, good performance against Dortmund, I thought, although Dortmund, they're not very good. Uh, for being honest, uh, sorry, boys. But I, I, I know they've won a lot sorry, of games. Were, were they on an amazing winning streak? Before... No, no, I'm just calling it what I see. I, okay. I just didn't think they were very good. But Chelsea were good. Chelsea were good in the game, and they deserved to win across the two two games. I yeah. thought. Yeah. Um, although I don't think it was a penalty, but you know we won't open that kind of worms. Yeah, I didn't think it was a penalty, but I did think it was a retake. I agree with that, because the rules are the rules, and yeah. it is what it is. Yeah. But um, deserve to advance. And and to be honest, knockout football, we've seen it suits Chelsea, albeit will, remains to be seen maybe this version of Chelsea. Um, but a good win there, and then a good result. You kind of already touched on it, like a good result against Leicester. Bit bit end-to-end, I thought, at times, particularly kind of at one all and 2-1. I thought Chelsea were good until... Daka puts one in kind of, you know, out the blue, really, because I didn't think Leicester deserved that yeah. at all. But kind of from there, it was a little bit frenetic. But I mean, yeah, the so result. From that point on, Leicester, like, really dominated that first half. And then it was just right at the end after um, Havertz was injured. 
it kind of gave everybody a break and and then Chelsea came into it afterwards. I, I, I did you see this challenge from Amarty? Um, yeah. Very very lucky to stay on the pitch, I, I thought. I was really surprised there wasn't more made of it because yeah, given the red card today as well for Cat we should mention for Casemiro, when you sort of look back at that one, yes, I don't know if that one, given what was kind of written and, and shown on social media afterwards, whether that at all influenced then what happens today with that red card that then gets yeah. given, I'm not quite sure. But when it... you compare the two, the fact that that was only a yellow really super I think that's a definite stonewall red card. Yeah. There was um because the, the 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 sort of similar ones I've remembered before that are like they've won the ball but they followed through are like um Aaron Cresswell I think got red carded for one where he followed through and he ended up being knee height and at the time I thought that was really unlucky because he was actually a lot closer to the player that he was challenging he genuinely followed through and his foot just ended up being held up and Marty although we're talking like. Like, not a lot of time here. It's like, you're talking about what happens in a second. But he just... His foot is at chest height. Yeah. Like, yeah. After, after a kick. And it kind of lingers at that height. For, like, the, only the smallest of seconds. I think he kind of knows what he's doing there. So he's trying he's trying to leave it on him. But anyway, um, he, di- he, di- he didn't get carded. Um, in fairness, Ch- uh, Chelsea had a, a penalty... Could have had a penalty against him for Fofana... Um, uh, defending a, a wall or defending in the wall, he he stuck his elbow out. It c- it could have been easily given, so um, we're probably even on those two decisions. But then, and uh, anyway, to carry on, so Chelsea, Ch- uh, Ch- or Leicester then were doing well. Chelsea came back at right the end of the first half, put a wee bit of pressure on, and then Enzo to Kai Havertz, just like a lovely a lovely lobbed pass. And a lovely little. Cool I was thing. convinced it was offside, like yeah. because of his reaction, and also because of the way the commentators that like, they just made so little of it when yeah. he put it in. I was like, there'd already been one goal disallowed for offside. I was like, it, it, he must have yeah. the flag up over there. Like he thought he was offside. I, th- I thought Havertz kind of with his reaction yeah. and just the way he kind of nonchalantly lobbed it, kind of like you do sometimes where you think you're offside, so you just shoot. Yeah, and then. Uh, it was just like so not but it was a fantastic goal i mean do you, re- do you know what my problem with the goal is though it's <laughs> it's it's not a striker's goal it is no, the, the classic attacking midfielders really nice oh that's a lovely yeah, goal does it a couple of times a but season looks great exactly but it's not a scrappy oh, i smashed it in from six yard oh it's like pulled back to him and he scored like it was not taking the net though, is it? Yeah, it yeah. Was like, like oh, it's, it was barely touching the net. It's beautiful, but oh, it's a, it's an attacking midfielder's goal, and he's playing. It's so Kai Havertz. It's so Kai Havertz. It's like, why can't you score your one on ones? Why can't you score from six yards out when it's pulled back to you, like or crossed in? We just still lack that that lethal force, and it's so annoying. Like it's it's so obvious, like painfully obvious that we need Romelu Lukaku, um, but. Uh, but, but yeah, uh, apart from that, it was a, it was a lovely goal, and we, we I, I'm not too convinced we'll we'll do very well on from here. We'll probably win a few games, one 0 We'll lose a game again. It, it's, it's interesting, right? Like it kind of brings up the question. Obviously, you're still in the Champions League, so that's an obvious objective. Yeah. But that aside, is there kind of anything related to performance or results or kind of what you want to see from Chelsea in the league between now and the end of the season to say, like, we're on the right track. I like what we're doing here. Although we've got the result, we're back to where we were. We're playing a 3-4-3 again. Yeah. Um, Yeah. You know, we're back to what what we're doing. And I feel like we've seen the ceiling of this tactic. Mm. Unless... Potter does his own thing. The only thing is, Potter w- did change the tactics mid mid game. He changed the formation, and he he seems to be big on that. So it may be a thing of going forward where like you you, you kind of have to ignore what what the tactic is written down or what the formation is written down because go it actually going forward it it will adapt. And Potter's kind of in press conferences try to. Anytime somebody's thrown, like, told him, like, oh, is this the formation? Mm-hmm. He's kind of gone, well, we're not really focused on that. It's it's not about that. It's mm-hmm. a, a lot more fluid. So for that reason, I, I, I don't know. Um, it, I, 
if if that's a it's a if it's a valid point for myself as to point that out that we feel, but it, it does feel like we're back where we were and although we're getting the results I don't it does feel like if we're playing three four three the majority of the time I feel like there is a, a ceiling on on this um yeah which we've seen so, so no go on you go you go the, the the two things the the one thing I want out of this sorry uh, and it has two different outcomes is one we have completely put to get uh, put to bed a no striker formation or not a no striker but a midfielder player so 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 and, and that can come of one of two ways either it's really successful and we score you know an average of two or three goals a game from now on or which the latter which i predict we don't score many goals for the rest of the season. It doesn't seem to be fruitful and we put it to bed. And in the summer, we go out and get a striker, Liao, whatever it may be. Uh, Mitrovic would be a fine option for me. If, if, On the way know, he's been playing recently. Well, yeah, true. Anything, any any kind of recognised striker. We put Evan Ferguson. Front. Yeah, Evan Ferguson. So he's linked with Man United, actually. Like, just... I, I, in all honesty, I wanted to stay Stay at Brighton. I wouldn't even want him to come to Chelsea. Stay no, at Brighton. No, that's a good do, point. Do um, but yeah, just either put yeah put it to bed, either by making me believe in it conclusively, or just it's it's gone, it's fucked. So it, 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 it was funny against Leicester. Mudrick was actually being played down the middle. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, which he, I, I, him and Sterling, I'm really worried about. Sterling in the Champions League, I I I thought I thought it was Werner. I had to, I had to I had to get my glasses out because he was just constantly offside. Yeah, he was. Um, all the time, and um, it I, I and his finishing was was awful. But he was a threat though. He was like at least. It... But Werner was a threat was as well. Yeah. 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 It was it's the exact same thing. Vernon was a threat and, and it was tight it was always tight off sides. The only thing is he didn't quite be, he kinda I feel like Sterling might have known he was more offside, whereas Vernon would have been had had the shirt off running around the stadium thinking that he'd scored every time he was offside. Yeah. Even if he hadn't scored. Um and um <laughs> But uh, but Mudrick, I'm worried. His first touch looks off. Um, I'm. I. I didn't. I, I've never. I, I've always been worried. I. I. I like the type of player that that he is. But I don't know if he's. He is the guy that we want out of that type of left winger. And um, it's the fact that like he's been sort of shoehorned into the center, just for basically for his pure pace to yeah. pin the center backs back. Yeah. Um. I, as opposed to like him being played on on his natural position on the left, I don't know, I don't know how I feel about it. I'm hoping he he'll come good, but to to steal from another podcast in James Alcott, I'm gonna it's at the moment I'm just no. Um, yeah. And and yeah, it 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 is it is worrying. Um, and then Jai Felix, you know. He, the the Egyptian international didn't didn't have a have a have a great game. Um, uh, how are you look confused there? Uh, yeah, I'm. Um, I've gathered this is something I haven't. Yeah. No, I've, I've, <laughs> I've missed the chapter. Um, yeah, yeah, Felix. He he gave away the ball for the goal. Uh, for Leicester's first goal, and um, um, mm. I, I I almost like El Nani like, uh, and um. <laughs> uh, and then he he just he just was he didn't have the best games when he was subbed. Didn't need to be offside for that goal he scored either. I felt yeah, like yeah. It, it just just unnecessary. Yeah, that, that that was the other thing I couldn't quite remember because I was making jokes about Egypt. But yes, that was the most frustrating thing as uh, a, a a a guy that played up front for most of the Sunday League bits I've done. That is your bread and I mean, butter. You are like one of those knobheads who sits in the pub after a few beers. Oh, I could have been something, you know, if I just No, not at all. That's And that's why I'm making the point, Harry, because I'm bang average Sunday league, you know, struggle to get into most of the Sunday league. You've been a time to run. I, I've it. But 
I, I, I time my runs well. Yeah. That is that is just unforgivable what yeah, he there's, there's no need for it whatsoever. Um no need. So get get the basics right. And that's probably what it's another case as, as why we need a proper striker. Mm. Uh, mm-hmm. And I am coming around to this way of thinking because yeah, I'd agree with your point, George. We just need to suss it out. What are we gonna go gung ho on this no actual striker or um or and, and it be like Man City in their pomp? Or are we um are we gonna go and go out and get one in the summer or bring back one from on loan? Yeah. Which I need think is someone what that really want. You have to have someone that can play the role though. Like I actually think is sort of I've watched Arsenal do it at times this season. Um obviously with Jesus who can kind of do a bit of both, but even recently we played Trossard there. And and if you get someone that's good at it and knows how to play the role it is good because you get kind of an extra man everywhere over the pitch in yeah. terms of the way they can link up with other players and kind of create overloads. But if you have someone like Mudrick that you've talked about, he, he's not comfortable there and he's literally just being shoehorned in to kind of like pin the defence back. Yeah. But he's not his in first the game. Start, his first start, like he, he, the it stick. It's the most what? important thing. You have to make it stick up there. Just have a good first touch and be able to bring other players into it is an absolute fundamental requirement of the role. Yeah. Just yeah. put someone with a good first touch. I, that's why I kind of want Joe Felix to be to be the main striker because yeah. he's shown that he's he's got the finishing ability. Like the the goal that Enzo Fernandez set up for him, he like he he took that well. Um, he's got he's got the he's got the first touch. He's got the dribbling, and he's also decent in the air. Like some, if you go back and look at some of his goals for Benfica. I feel like he'd pro- he's the most striker instincts out of out of all the likely starters for Chelsea. So, but he seems to be put out in the left, uh, maybe because he prefers it. But I feel like just swap Mudrick slash Sterling because they, they they swap roles or they swap they they came in for one another at the weekend, and and put Jai Felix down the middle for the meantime, and and ask him to do do a striker's role. Yeah, seems well, the obvious it, it, solution. Right, and just to finish off, yeah, Kai Havertz has been fantastic the last two games. I know, he, yeah. Well, <laughs> I, 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 I think, I think he's been great. He's gonna uh, get another season. He's, I'm telling you, man, he's he's gonna play himself into your team next season. It, I, and again, then he, shit. He, was, he was so so good, and um, if, if if we if we have more of that on top of his finishing, even if it isn't emphatic. Um, it, it if he if he keeps thinking his his goals, I, I'll take that. I don't I don't mind the theory of Kai Havertz, but but in practice, that's in, such a in, good way of putting it. it. I just I just it just doesn't. It's such a good it, way I of putting it. I love the theory of Kai Havertz. I think he's yeah. Just he could be everything, but he's is not. he like is he's like is is he Fugazi? Is Fugazi? Yeah, is, yeah, is, is Kai yeah. Havertz. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's a very eloquent and accurate way of putting it, I think. He uh, flatters to deceive a lot. But you're right, he's been given the last two games, and uh, I hope you stick with him, because uh, it doesn't exactly worry me when he's on the opposition team sheet. I'm sure I definitely won't regret that when we play Chelsea in like six weeks or whatever it is. Um, right, one last thing. Order of business before we finish for the evening. Short King of the Week. Do you need a bit of time to consider this? Because I do have one to throw into yeah, the ring. You, yeah, you hit me. Hit us with one there. Uh, not biased at all, but Leandro Trossard. Hat-trick. Not first hat-trick of the season, because he got one at Anfield. Hat-trick of assist against Fulham today. Uh, very good performance, as I've sort of already touched on. Uh, yeah, I mean, if you can trump that, then, you know, fair play, fellas, to be fair. But... Uh, yeah, love him. Been a great signing, actually. Funny because you sort of mentioned Mudrick. Obviously, mm-hmm. we were in for him. Didn't end up getting him, but I, you know, I would argue at this point in time, it's clear who is more effective right now. And that's not to say Mudrick wouldn't have been a good signing for us. I think it would have been a slightly different mm. role for him at Arsenal, kind of compared to Chelsea. Albeit he's been on the bench a bit recently, but I think had he come to Arsenal, it would have been kind of in more of a impact slash kind of slotting in rotation role at Chelsea there's been more of an impetus for him to obviously come in and make an immediate impact but uh, Trossard's been a great signing for us and uh, he's my nomination for short king of the week I've got nothing to 
to. I, you know what? When when, it, when you ever you said Trossard, when I was watching the game earlier, he, I was like, I was like, he's probably going to be short king of the week. Whenever I saw, was watching it earlier, yeah. so and I haven't really got anybody else. Um, so yeah, Le- Leandro Trossard. I feel like he's had it already this season. He might have got it when he. When he got the hat trick at Liverpool, I felt I do feel like he's had it this season already. But yeah, um, what height is Chilwell? I feel like it's Chilwell. Chilwell's Chilwell's. Yeah, he could just be in with it. Maybe not this week, but I think Chilwell might be due one at some point. Um, yeah, he'll probably be injured soon though. Like he, <laughs> Cucurella for his midweek performance. Yeah, um, yeah, that was he uh... did play well. He's coming for some stick this season, for me included. But uh, did a good job. But yeah, I'm I'm happy for I'm for Trossard. Yeah, yeah. I think I, I I think you struggled to beat it. I'll be honest with you. I, 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 I hope I hope he gets a good night's rest because he always has those bags under his eyes. I hope I hope he. <laughs> I hope, I hope he those great mysteries that in fairness, he just. It, it, I don't know if he's just got an uncomfortable mattress or what, what like what yeah. i mean to be, to be quite honest you're right he doesn't get a big i mean imagine how good he'd be if he actually was sleeping well i mean jesus yeah. christ be some player uh boys it's been a pleasure thanks for joining me as ever um i hope you're not as happy by the next time we record one of these because sort of i've been quite enjoying the uh sort of shard and side of it because you boys have been able to do it to me for kind of long enough before this season mm-hmm. so uh yeah, not to wish too much harm on Chelsea, but uh, yeah, I've, I've enjoyed their struggles this season. And uh, long may they return, for want of a better phrase. But it's been a pleasure. Uh, hope you guys enjoy listening to this. Ali will be back next week, probably back presenting. Me and George might be on the same podcast again together. We uh, No promises made. But Will, uh, will lightning strike twice? Listen, it's, it's been a while and we still haven't addressed the elephant in the room which is George's predictions for Chelsea this season back I think the last time we recorded together so we'll uh, we'll let you off for that for another week George uh, thank you very much guys 